0: Hello everyone, uh, thank you for joining us. This is Mark Sloan with A.S.A.P. Advisors. This is the second in our new series of, of podcasts. Um, during our first podcast, El Patel, who's here with me today again, and I discussed how you know we think about services, professional services, customer success, support, and how it all fits within the overall technology organization as uh, really a series of interconnected gears, and at times, you know, those gears can get out of sync, which uh, can cause issues. And so today, what we really want to do is, um, you know, is do a deeper dive into the gear linking sales and professional services. Um, so today, Alpesh and I are joined by um, J.P. Schuler and, uh, sorry, John Schuler, uh, sorry, John, and uh, J.P. Slonkowski of, of PS Quote. Um, John and J.P., I'd you know, love it if you introduce yourselves and, and PS Quote.
1: Great. This is J.P. Slonkowski and I head up business development for PS Quote. Um, we are a professional services quoting application built on the Salesforce platform, and I've uh, been, you know, in the market for a year now. Um, but we've got a much longer, richer history, and I'll let John tell more of that. Yeah, hey guys, uh, John Schuller with the PS Quote team. Um, yeah, I'm general manager of our uh, PS Quote app, uh, but uh, the past decade. Um cld and and I've been a part of that. we've been implementers of FinancialForce Force PSA uh, was sort of our niche on the salesforce platform and and doing a lot of interesting things on you know for services organizations for quote to cash and quote to GL um, through accounting, you know financial Force accounting as well. so um, and the services estimation kind of gap that we're we're trying to fill here with PS quote has been something we've been very familiar with over the years that um, yeah, happy to talk about.
0: Great, no, and that's exactly the point of what I really want to dig into today is to help folks in professional services think about how to accelerate the process of, of selling services, right? Close deals faster, um, increasing revenue, less expense in the sales process, less hassle and back and forth with the, the product sales force. Um, and really, you know, sort of some some background short story from a from, you know, real world story from from my background, Um I had uh, left a big six consulting firm um, and went into a technology company to build a new professional services organization. And um, as we were getting going, I I struggled with why the sales force just couldn't sell services. Right. Coming out of the big six firm, I was used to walking in and going to the whiteboard and talking with the client and shaping and scoping and ultimately estimating and pricing um, what we needed to do for them. And it took me really about two or three months to, to figure out that, you know, um, and, and the time frame for me to figure that out was probably more on me than anybody else. But, you know, the, the Salesforce was a product Salesforce and, and a product defined. It's in a box. You, you know what it does and you know what it costs. Right. Services are, are more nebulous. Um, and, you know, you've got to put some shape around that. And, and so, you know, one of the things I've been working on, really over the last 10, 15 years, to help um, accelerate um, services sales, is, is this concept of, of Lego blocks, right? Um, decomposing the projects that services organizations do into the various piece parts, so that you make it easier to then reassemble a new project, right? Every everything isn't it depends. Everything isn't starting with a whiteboard. It's it's really you know. Asking a few questions of the client, understanding the situation, putting those piece parts together so you can snap them together and say, "Hey, this is a, a ten, a thousand, or a ten thousand hour um, you know type type project." So, um, you know, that, that's sort of my background, my my thoughts on this um, around how to you know really sell professional services around a technology implementation. But yeah, you know, I'd love it if uh, you know if John, you guys could share some of your perspectives there.
1: Yeah, I mean, what we've seen over the years. Um is that yeah there's there's a lot of there's a lot of spreadsheets going on and there's a lot of things off offline even if you have Salesforce crm or even if you have Salesforce cpq for that matter for you know software subscription quoting or product quoting there is a tremendous amount of things that, that happen offline and there's a lot of um estimation spreadsheets some of which in one one company you could have multiple flavors of you know based on the practice or the vertical and so a big problem we've seen is just you know, once you take that data offline you lose a ton of visibility into what you like there's a lot of granular detail that lives in those spreadsheets and if you don't have that in kind of a centralized platform you know you get a sales delivery disconnect you get you don't have the data to, to kind of what you're trying to do mark right the sort of lego block approach if i don't have that in sort of structured data it's hard to do analysis on you know hey how many service offerings did we sell you know quick start offerings did we sell last quarter last year What was our average margin how many hours did that involve if if all that's in spreadsheets it's really hard to do that analysis and it's hard to come up with sort of that you know the the package services offering or the sort of lego block approach it's hard to do that until you get the data kind of centralized um so that that's something we've seen that's kind of a story over and over again is um even for some very sophisticated organizations you know that that have sales cloud and they have a psa tool there's there's this gap where things are in spreadsheets and People are copying, pasting into Word docs for statements of work. So you get disconnects and people rent re-enter data manually into CRM or PSA. So our, our point has been like, hey, you have to do all this work anyway. Why not get it on to a centralized system? And in our case, you know, the Salesforce platform and um, everybody can now see it. You actually have, you know, a tremendous amount more of, of analytics and reporting, you know, that you can do around that data as well, which is which is kind of crucial.
2: John. John. Yeah, go ahead, Alphash. Yeah, John, this is Alpesh. So you you've sort of articulated a lot of my experience and exposure on this whole area being in the services, similar to Mark's uh, experience I came from the big six, where I thought, hey, everything quoting for services is easy and, and, and you know, and then getting into more of a SaaS product-led companies, uh, product-led led growth. I've actually seen situations where you've mentioned not having a centralized sort of process and methodology or cpq process including services i've even seen it where um teams have when they quote for services quote for different elements (laughs) miss certain pieces Mm -hmm. of elements or charge for some 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 group or subgroup charges for some elements of services where another another one doesn't charge or doesn't include that as part of their costing or build up so i think Mm -hmm. um you know uh i don't know if you've seen that as well but i think that's also a critical (laughs) sort of uh uh area of focus for companies to realize that wait a second even within your own organizations while you might be decentralized you, you, your methodology your 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 what you put into the quote your costing elements are even off right because one group has one different methodology or thought process versus another
1: yeah no definitely and, and even simple things like data governance and and things like rate cards right if you have you know five versions of an estimation spreadsheet flying around um how do you know you've got the current rate cards in that spreadsheet you might have stale data or like in excel you can do whatever you want right so you can come up with i can come up with a price for the services however i want and then yeah the a big problem with that is the sales side of the organization has no idea what you're doing during that time they don't and so they sort of throw their hands up to your point earlier mark about um you know products yes it's easier i you know there's I pick the quantity, I pick the product, maybe there's a little configurator, off I go, right? But if you just have to throw it over the wall to services and I have no idea what they're doing, um, or I have no ability as a sales rep to do a little bit of, at least for maybe prepackaged offerings, services offerings, at least do some self-quoting, self-service, then that's really a hindrance because then you just throw it on the services side and you don't know what's going on or what the rationale is around the pricing. So yeah i mean getting all everybody on the same page in one platform getting visibility is is huge and it it, sometimes there's you know there's some culture stuff you have to deal with with that where people don't want to show they don't always want to show their their hand and all the details to the other side of the organization but at the end of the day like it you know the transparency helps and you know getting getting on a centralized structured database with this data it just it's it's a big accelerator
0: well, no, it's, it's an interesting theme on the transparency because um, you know, as I was running this professional services group, um, we had different verticals that we went after, and there were there were different relationships, right, between sales and professional services based on the vertical. And in one, the, the relationship was um, was, you know, was really strong and tight, and, and there was a lot of this visibility. And then in the other. Um, you know, it, it was more of a over-the-transom type thing with without that visibility. It, and that really was where more of the friction was um, because sales just didn't, they didn't understand why did it take so long, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because yep. they weren't part of the process. Um, does you know? And, and I really don't want to make this a commercial for your software, but, but does your software really help create some of that visibility and, and reduce some of that friction?
1: Yeah, I mean, what we're trying to do is with PS Quote, get all the sort of, Nitty gritty details of your services estimate, service quote on to the Salesforce platform. So things like roles, hours. We just rolled out a task quoting feature with a Gantt. So you can, if you need to do more bottom up kind of custom scoping, at least you can do that all in Salesforce. So you know, as a sales rep or other other parts of the services organization, I can see okay, we quoted this assuming you know design phase was going to take four weeks and build phase was going to take five weeks. So yeah, we're we're that's a big part of what we're trying to solve, um, which then and also should help the services side of the house. Just demand. The other thing we run into a lot is just de- like resource demand planning and visibility for in pipeline deals is a huge problem. Where it's hard for resource managers and the delivery organization to figure out, you know, wh- how many hours of architect do I need, you know, next month, and with what skill sets. And so that's another thing we're trying to help with, um, sort of close that, you know, fill that gap as well.
0: No that's I mean, that's that's a great point, right? because it's uh, yeah once once something's in the pipeline as a service exact, you at least have to start thinking and planning for it. it It may not happen, but um without that visibility to the you know quantity of hours and roles that you're going to need, um, you know it's it's tough to say we're prepared, and uh, you know it's easy to find yourself uh, you know on a Thursday needing to you know find five new people that aren't even in the organization to uh, to deliver that work.
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: So um, what are the obstacles to, you know, to, to, to automating the process? What do you guys find as, you know, as you get in to a new customer? Um, you know, what, what are the challenges and, and how do you overcome them?
1: Um, yeah, that's a good question. So one of the challenges is um, getting getting everybody on the same page about. So as an example, like we had a client a few years ago where we, rolled out a service estimator for them and this was sort of a 4ps quote but anyway they had at that time they had you know five different practices and they had um you know five different spreadsheets and so getting everybody to agree on some commonality of things like roles um so you know if you need product skew information if you need rate cards like like getting alignment across the different verticals that can be one challenge um You know, another thing is that you've got like with with the services quoting tool, we're trying to also help with statement of work automation. And so, again, on the statement of work side of the house or just the document side of the house, if you have 20 different SOW templates, there can be some work there to consolidate or get to some commonality um, on the document side of it as well. Sort of the output side of it that, hey, I. Do I really need 20 different templates? Can I get down to at least you know, maybe three or four standard templates with a standard structure? So um, those are a couple things um, that we've run into. Right? That's some of the kind of organizational people process side of it honestly is is often where you'll see more issues than the, the system technology side. Um, I mean, you do occasionally run into complex, you know, somebody has some wicked complex spreadsheet they've been building for 15 years, right? And you may not be able to rebuild everything in that, but there's a question of do you need to, you know, like, right. can we simplify this a bit? Like, do we have to do it the exact same way we've been doing it for 15 years? Maybe there's a simpler, easier way.
2: No, no, that's
0: a great point. Um, I, you know, One of the highlights of my consulting career was um, I went back to a client site about six months after I helped implement this new process. And it was a pilot program, so there really was no technology at all. Um, and the night that I went to implement it, because this was like a three-shift manufacturing facility, I was doing it at midnight. Um, the plant floor supervisor revolted. She hated it. It was never going to work. Worked through it. Um, you know, we we ultimately got it implemented. I left the site and went back six months later. Um, and this woman literally came up and hugged me as she saw me walk into the the, the plant floor because the process had improved, right? But it was that human component that was really the, mm-hmm. the the hardest part of of getting going um do you guys have a, you know a, a story like that where hey look the you know the sales force just didn't think this was going to work but but it did um or or you know where there been some you know big obstacles to, to getting them on board
1: yeah yeah definitely i mean there's um yeah i think getting people to let loose of the spreadsheets is often a, a challenge and then and then aside from that i mean like once if we can get people sort of over that and, and sometimes we'll do things like, you know, OK, for the some edge case thing, what if we built your little spreadsheet uploader to get that at least into the Salesforce platform? And then we can automate the PSA project creation part of it. Um, then that at least gives them a little bit of comfort that there's at least a, a, you know, a back pocket option to do an upload if I really, really want to. So I I think once people we've seen that story where like once you sort of let loose of the old process or. The spreadsheets that you're used to um i think once it take it can take a little bit of time once they see the benefits of like oh okay now now i can just click a button and automatically create my psa project like that's a huge carrot right um you know for for switching platforms or getting a tool or you know now that oh i can i can send out you know 50 percent more statements of work than i could previously um or my my time to sow is reduced by days or something like that like once they start seeing some of the the output side of it then they kind of get it and i i think they um we've seen that with yeah we had a large client that we we did an estimator for and i mean they were for them they were a big bar um and they were doing hundreds of statements of work every month and so for them the ability to get the data centralized and to to churn out more sows per month and reduce the time to sow was huge because because for them for their business you know that turnaround time was a big um was a big factor in whether they would get a deal or not so um so i think once people see like the what do you what's in it for me like what do i get out of this either on sort of the reporting analytics side or just speed to sow you know the uh, you know automating the psa project sync so i don't have to go re-enter this data manually then um i think that helps get over some of that sort of initial fear of kind of change.
2: Oh, great. Yeah. That's great. Mark Mark and John, that's so, so John, you're sort of on this call, obviously preaching to the choir, but uh, you're absolutely right. It's 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 showing what's in it for me. And and really, I've gone through that whole transition where we've gone from a very time and materials centric methodology to to a fixed fee, right, to to reduce uh, a lot of the noise in the system to work with the sales team and when we shifted to that from from time and material to to fixed fee we were able to one streamline um, the 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 package or create packages and then streamline those offerings to to naturally bolt them together and say this is naturally what clients tend to buy based mm-hmm. on you know what sales are sold and what we what we're good at implementing, but then it also, you know, by going to a fixed fee methodology, it, it really helped us to drive efficiency throughout the whole CPQ process, right? And to your point about metrics and, and measurement, we were able to, when we shifted from time and material to fixed fee, we were able to take on between anywhere from five to seven days in the, in the uh, quoting process, because yeah. now, you know, the, the, the sales team had, a, a a fixed fee uh, that they could say, yeah, if I if I if I quote this with these offerings or features and functions, this is the services um, hours. Those were get, uh, put in along with the fixed fee, and they could go in and really just have a, a, a more engaging conversation with the client versus, well, you know, I'll talk to the services team, see if we can cut pricing or hours and all that, and take all of that off the table and really drive more of a consultative outcome based conversation so yeah I mean everything you just talked about I've come through and implemented with, with pain, right but on the back end it shows it you know as long as it shows value to everybody and the client that's what the whole purpose of this is right so
1: yeah and I think the um yeah like like you said if you do move to more of that fixed fee model or or you know if there's a recurring kind of model with yeah if you can get to like that pricing Faster, and you can get to transparency faster. Yeah, I, I think that's huge. Yeah, because it, it it the conversations with the client, and then to, to y'all's point, like the sales side of the organization, if they know what's selling well, and they know they can go, you know, if they've got a if they got a handful of service offerings where they can just go go sell them, um, on their own or sort of building blocks to put things together, then that's huge. I mean, that's a that's a big accelerator, um, for sure.
2: Yeah, yep.
0: and here, here in the
2: conversation
0: here, um, in terms of you know, as you guys go into an organization, who who welcomes you more and who puts the stiff arm up more? Is it is it sales is like, hey, this is this is really going to help, and and services is afraid to give up their spreadsheets, or or is it the other way around?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I I think the 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 folks that seem to get this. Um, the earliest that we talk to um, oftentimes it's 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 you know it's services ops or it's sort of managers of engagement managers or people that do scoping um and, and it's the people that are kind of between you know the sales side of the organization and the delivery side and they sort of bridge the gap i think a lot of times they get the value of something like this um first Now, when you get to like down to individual engagement managers and how they do scoping and spreadsheets, then that's where you might see a little more resistance to change or on the sales side of the house. I mean, there's sometimes there's there are obstacles from a just a system standpoint where where you have a big product SaaS company, let's say their sales team or sales ops or Salesforce admins don't really want to touch their CRM tool or the CPQ tool um because they don't want to you know if that's 90 percent of their revenues product they don't want to sort of upset the apple cart you know to deal with some services thing going on um so i don't know the the, the people that i think where we get to that they kind of get it you know early on it's uh it tends to be some operational folks and they just they they see more of the pain of okay i know that you come up with a spreadsheet for that project estimate and that's great but then i have to take that and then I have to go re-enter that into the CRM tool or now I need to go re-enter that into a PSA tool. And so that's causing, you know, that's, that's creating pain for me or hours of work for me that you may not see. So I, sometimes we start there and then it requires a bit of upstream, downstream. Like you ca- you have to bring these stakeholders to the table too, from the sales and delivery side. And then sometimes they don't realize what's going on. Like they don't, they don't realize like, oh, you wait, you're manually going into the PSA tool and, recreating all these resource allocations and assignments by hand? I, I didn't know that. Um, so I don't know, the, the ops folks or sort of services leadership, um, they sometimes have a, view, a, a better view across and then we sort of bring the other folks in um, as often the way it goes.
0: Oh, great. Yeah, that makes, that makes sense. And, and, and then, you know, in terms of the value proposition, do you think it's really, is it, is it on the front end effectiveness and accelerating sales? Or is it more on the efficiency on the back end of putting you know, proposals and, and getting quotes quotes out? Um, or yeah, you know, it, it may be both, but where do, where do folks get the benefit first?
1: Um, I think they usually are focusing on kind of the efficiencies for the things like staffing, demand planning, um, time savings to get to an SOW, time savings to create projects, and, and um, and you know automate project creation and avoid data data entry errors and things like that um so i i think that's where there's part of that i think is just there's tangible kind of roi you can tie to things like oh if i can bump if i can address this resource demand planning gap and i can bump utilization by one percent right that can be huge for a big organization just a little bit of a utilization bump or if you're there's some cost savings time savings for um, you know, people that put together SOWs or create projects. That that's where I think um, we see a lot of the initial conversations, and then and then usually it bleeds into the sales side. At least in our experience, where it's okay. That's great. It helps on the back end and the operation side of, of of things, but this also can help the sales side of, of the house to sell more services. Where some of these, uh, there's a couple SaaS clients and prospects we talked to. Where a big deal for them is. They might be big product companies but they want to increase their services like attached rate or they want to be able to show that hey if if we do a services engagement then our platform usage or product usage goes up you know on average x percent um so it does, it can bleed into sort of the the sales side of the house of like hey um, if we get better at selling services, that helps all around. You know, things like customer satisfaction and, and product platform usage and reducing churn and all that. Um, so I don't know. That that's sort of that's sort of in my experience. It I, I, it doesn't come as often from just purely like a sales standpoint of you know, I'm the head of sales. I want to sell more services. It usually is coming from more the operations services sides, and then we kind of worked back up, but sure. that's sort of sure. been our our experience. I and I don't know. I'd, I'd be curious you y'all's, y'alls take I, if, like if you're talking more on the sales side of the house, I'd, I'd be curious if there's. You have any thoughts on that?
0: No, I I think I, I think the way you guys are approaching it. Probably makes makes the most sense. I, I my my sense is where where your software can really help is. Is decreasing the friction. Uh, between you know, back to these interconnected gears between sales and professional services, right? Where it, instead of it depends, or I need to sit with the customer and ask you know 300 questions and, and complete this spreadsheet, right? It, if that process can be accelerated and and, and mechanized/slash automated um, with the technology, that's really going to you know decrease that friction between those two gears, and I think things are going to work you know better, more smoothly. And then, you know, and then over time, right to your point, the attach rate goes up. Um, sales is more comfortable selling services. They're more interested. They, they, they've got more bandwidth to explore more of what services does, and um, you know, they can they can start to do more as opposed to managing the you know the process of scoping and getting a quote put together to to get to a customer. So that's that's where I think the the automation can really help. You know, again, over time, it'll it'll take a little while to get there, but I see that as part of the you know the evolution uh, of of what you guys can bring
1: yeah and and you just reminded me one thing which is i I think the other thing that can help with is if you can get if you can reduce that friction one one thing that we've seen over the years that, that goes sideways very often is a client asks for a number for you know let's say it's an implementation of software right and they say oh what you know give me a ballpark um and then sales kind of throws out a number prematurely um, and then on the services side, you come in later on for scoping, and you're sort of painted into a corner. You know, you're you're sort of like, wait, what? What did you tell them? <laughs> you know, it's going to be three, <laughs> three times that, five times that. Um, so I think I think that helps too. Like, yeah, to your point of like, if you reduce that friction and I can get to like some reasonable number faster, then you can avoid that problem as well hopefully or reduce the amount of times that you have that sort of the the fault the expectation setting up front that is you know that hey this implementation number is low because i want to get this license deal done you hopefully avoid some of that if you get a more realistic number faster for right, services
0: right right and yeah and when it's when it's coming from a structured system and process Versus a you know unique custom spreadsheet each time I think that that helps build confidences as, as well um, yeah
1: I, I agree yeah
0: well, well this has been great i, I really appreciate your your time to today John Alpesh and I uh, have been excited about having this discussion um, so I uh, just would like to wrap up with uh, you know again a, a thank you very much for uh, for sharing the story
1: yeah thank, thanks for your all's time really appreciate it.